Welcome to episode 16, oh sweet 16, of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I'm your host Hamza Khan and our producer is Kwaku Ajimang, aka Kwaku On Air, aka Mr. Back to Back. Remember last week's banger of an episode with Kelly Foss? Well, Kwaku and I record today's episode as soon as Kelly walked out of the studio. Why? Well, we gotta make sure we stay on top of the release schedule for y'all. Every Thursday morning, we try to serve up a new Ideas Into, Ac- uh, ugh, Ideas Into Action episode, hot. And having a bit of a backlog gives us a peace of mind. It helps when we need to take the weekend off or whatnot. Speaking of which, our guest today doesn't ever seem to take weekends off. I'm excited to welcome to the inaugural season of this podcast an inspiring man who I've been meaning to reconnect with for a hot minute. Brion Wishart is a Toronto-based film director, producer, and the founder of Artly Creative Agency. His work stems from a love of cinema, music, and storytelling. Known for his ability to create visually engaging content and beautifully crafted work that captures something real and authentic in every subject, Brion's talent for cinematic storytelling is evident in all of his work. His work includes a wide variety of clients such as Porsche, Samsung, Under Armour, Bacardi, Huawei, Hard Rock Casino and Hotel, eBay, Capital One, Gillette, Hasbro, and the Alzheimer's Society. In this episode, we talked about hip-hop moguls, ownership and entrepreneurship. We also talked about fatherhood, burnout, and the immigrant experience. Friends, give it up for Brion Wishart. Uh, my man, Brion Wishart. Yeah. I'm really excited that we're finally connecting and we're doing this on air. Like, it's been a hot minute since we last talked. It's been almost a year and a half since we last connected properly. Like, I've obviously stayed up to date with what's happening with your life via social media. Uh, but I'm excited to be now sitting down face to face with you and just catching up and really dissecting how it is that you were able to build this incredible empire. Speaking of empire building, uh, we start off every episode by giving our guests a gift. And I had to think really hard about what is it that I give somebody who is already at the top of their game? What do I give you? And I think I finally found something that I think you might appreciate. So right here in this money bag is uh, invaluable insight yeah. from three people that I know that we both look up to. Okay. And go ahead and read the title for the listeners. Okay. The book is called Three Kings, Diddy, Dr. Dre, Jay-Z, and hip-hop's multi-billion dollar rise. Boom. We are both especially fans of Diddy. Of course, man, and that's all yours. Thanks. Um, We're both fans of Diddy, and we both bonded over one particular clip that you dropped on your Instagram channel. It's my favorite Diddy clip. I would say it's probably the clip that I go to the most whenever I'm feeling down. Yeah. It's that clip where he's just like, he gets off the phone, he says, anything I want, I can get. I see it, I get it, I want it, I get it. And he's just like flipping paper and like just throwing things around. But it's not, it's it's coming from a place of genuine excitement over accomplishment. Yeah. And man, there are times in my life where I just feel so low and so down and out. And I watch that clip and that confidence just comes back like a tidal wave. Yeah. What is it that you, Brion Wishart, find really alluring about Diddy specifically? Um, His leadership. Tell yeah, me more. He's uh, he knows what he wants. He knows what kind of people he wants around him to yeah. to um accomplish that goal, and he he gives you that family vibe, but at the same time you know he's the boss and yeah. he doesn't play around when it comes to getting work done. So in terms of like what I like about Diddy, it's it's the leadership. It's not all the flashiness. It's just when when things need to get done. He puts his foot down and, and shit gets done. I couldn't agree with you more. There's so many stories that we now get to see in this golden age of media where like all these stories that 
were happening in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s that maybe we weren't privy to because of a lack of access are now coming back in the form of social media snippets and interviews. And it's great to see him now getting really active on Instagram, for instance. One of the stories that came up was uh, he was in a meeting and I forget who it was with. And somebody in that meeting just had a negative energy. And he took this person and he said, I don't like your energy. Go circle the block and come back. And I was like, what? That is the person that Diddy is. Like he operates at such a visceral, almost surgical level when it comes to creating the perfect circumstances yeah. for him to be at his best. Like one of hip hop's only billionaires, right? Amongst the other two over yeah. there. And I don't think that was accidental at all. No, I think it's it, I think it's all his character. It's all we need to get this done, so we're going to get it done. And if you're not able to get it done, you got to go. Why do you think he's so misunderstood? Why do you think that some people look to him and, you know, he, they don't give him his just desserts? They don't give him his props? Um, the the notoriety around his name in terms of, like, the Biggie stuff. Right. The bad deals with the artists. Yeah. Um, The flashiness. Regular people don't like flashy people. Huh. That's why they don't like uh, Mayweather. Right. Because he's always putting it in your face, the yeah. thing that you don't have, right? And it's not that you can't get it, but just some work harder than some. And I think um, it's not hate. I think it's more of a, um, a envious. It's just a sad place that people are in right? where they can look at somebody successful and be like, I don't like them. It's you tough, know? right? And you you probably see this from a unique perspective. Like you're an entrepreneur, you're an empire builder yourself. Like you're in the same headspace that Diddy is in. And now Diddy has had more years on you. He's had a different kind of industry. But in terms of understanding the general dynamics of what it takes to build the lifestyle that you want, like you and Diddy have, you, I mean, if, 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 if this was a different podcast and you were sitting in front of Diddy, I think that you'd be able to bond on a lot of things, yeah. especially when it comes to building your business. Do you ever get that sense that there's people looking at you, looking at your career right now, and you know maybe they're a little envious, maybe they're jealous, maybe they're they're hating straight up? Yeah, yeah, for huh. sure. I mean, everybody has hater, haters, right? Right. Um, you have haters. Totally. You have, everybody, everybody has haters. It doesn't matter how successful you are, as long as you're doing something that that other person feels like they can't do or they deserve, but they can't, they don't work hard enough to get it. You're going to have haters. Like, I know I have haters, but I don't go out there looking for them. I know they're there, and I know they're working for free. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's the thing I love about haters yeah. is they're out there working for free. And yeah. the thing about a hater is they'll take all of that energy, that hate that they have for you. Yeah. And negative energy is you, you use more energy being negative, right? right. So they, t they take all that energy, they go out into the world, and they promote you. Mm -hmm. And then they give people the, the opportunity to check you out on their own and make their own decision. Exactly. Right? So to me, it's like, okay, yeah, I got haters, but they're out there promoting me and they're going to bring more people into my world. Because when you go to my IG page, there's nothing there that you're going to not like. Right. It's just positive messages totally. and showing you my journey. Mm -hmm. If you hate on that, then I don't know. I think that says more about the person that's hating on you. Yeah, right. for that, sure. That speaks to their insecurities like you just alluded to right now. Yeah. I, I think it was 50 Cent who said it, who said that uh, if you have haters, that means you're doing something right. That yeah. means that you're relevant. That means that you're part of the conversation. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more, man. So I have a TED Talk that just started going viral. So I did this TED Talk at Ryerson um, two years ago. Yeah. And it was doing some steady numbers, right? But then something happened in the last six months 
where it went from like 100,000 to 200 to four to five, and it's on track to do a million. Wow. And I dove a little deeper, dude. <laughs> Congrats. There's some haters on there, man. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. the YouTube comments are toxic, Vicious. man. People coming up with insults that I've never heard before, yeah. man. And I did some time in the military, and I thought I heard all the insults I could have possibly heard. And these guys are getting creative with it, man. Yeah. Like, it's just some old school racism when some it comes to Some of them might like, be your friends. <laughs> Some you know, of it might be your friend. It's entirely possible, but I think this conversation right now is reminding me of something that I forgot, which is there's no such thing as bad publicity. And sometimes it's the negative publicity that carries you forward. And, you know, shout out to all the haters on YouTube, man. You're going to make me hit a million views thank, on this video. Thank you. Thank, thank you, haters. Two million, please. <laughs> Bro, you, you're somebody who whose work ethic I, I genuinely admire. Like, I see your work ethic, and you're always reminding me that I'm not doing enough. And it's, I'm not definitely not hating. It's coming from a place of, oh, man, I know this guy. Like, I love this guy. I want to see you succeed. And I need to wake up earlier. I need to go to the gym, hit it a little harder. I need to think about, you know, investing in my relationships, starting a family, building a family, all of that. Um, your ac- your success is not accidental. You outwork, you outperform, you outthink. Where does this fire come from? Like, take take me back to that that inciting force in Breon Wishart's life that got you down this path. Oh, uh, it would definitely have to be my mom, man. Okay. She, oh, shout out to your mom. She she's always been pushing entrepreneurship on us since we could understand English. Really? <laughs> yeah. So ever since we <laughs> were kids, to, like decipher these messages, <laughs> like <laughs> right. So ever since we were kids, it's always been be your own boss. You know, build a business. Don't work for anybody. And hmm. she backed it up by actually doing those things. Right. So we always saw my mom whether when we we're because I I was born in Guyana. Came to Canada when I was seven. So before that, I used to see my mom. She had like a little kiosk with like all the things that she baked and made. And she would go up and down the street selling stuff all day. She um, She's a seamstress. So she makes uh, dresses and stuff like that. And that's all we've been seeing all our lives. You know, there's there's moments where business was slow for her. So she had to get a job and, and work and whatever, whatever. But for the most part, it's just been... A lot. I've been exposed to a lot of hustlers on my mother's side of the right. family, right? So my mother's side of the family, they're all entrepreneurs. If not all, like 90% of them own businesses. Family of entrepreneurs. Man. Yeah. My dad's side is more like the working class. Yeah. So they work in a bank. They work in sure. like, you know, certain kind of organizations or whatever. But my mom was the one that was always pushing entrepreneurship on us. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would say that my mother was the the main reason why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Before you set down this path, what was the last job you had where you technically had a boss? Um, Like three and a half years ago. And this is a humbling moment for me. Do tell. Right? So, me, man. Wow. Um, so prior to starting Trev Fuel, I was, I was managing artists, songwriters, producers. And one day I just said, I don't want to do this anymore. Hmm. I don't like the industry. I don't like the people in it. And I just left it. <clears throat> I just left the game. Um, and then two years after that, I was like depressed. Oh wow! I couldn't find myself. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and it felt like um, like I had like this dark cloud over me yeah. every single day, just crippling my thoughts, my ideals, and shit like that. And and then it got to the point where I was like, "Yo, I need to shake this shit off." Right. So I reached out to a friend. And he was he was uh he was working uh through his company and he was a janitor. But it was like it was a part time job and I was like, Okay, let me let me just try this shit out. So I was a janitor for like 
couple of months. I had no idea, bro. I was a janitor. And and I'm like, it was one of those moments where it's like, holy fuck, I can't believe I'm doing this shit. Yeah, your right? ego, your pride couldn't let Yeah, you but it was like, yo, I have to bring food to the table. I got to pay the bills. Protect and provide, like you said. Protect before and we... provide. So I had to just put my pride aside and, and just do it. And the crazy thing is we were clean, we were cleaning like uh, Mercedes Benz office, like big offices. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we're in this factory in these dark corners or whatever. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. But it was humbling, man. And, and it taught me a lot of about the people that work those jobs yes. because we always think like oh those guys they, they probably didn't uh graduate school, high school yeah. they're dumb, dumb or racist, whatever but i met some of the like coolest nicest friendliest people some of them were smart some of them were you know just yeah helping to pay the bills man and the fact that they were able to go to that level to, to make sure the bills were paid and, and, and their family was happy, I had even more respect for them because it's it's one of those jobs where people just look down on you, man. And and being in, in, in the field and just seeing how everything runs was like, yo, I needed to go through this shit, man. Hey, man, man, I'm so happy you brought that up, man. Like, I'm surrounded, very similar to you, my entire family, top to bottom, yeah. all entrepreneurs, nice. right? Like, I was the first person to take a desk job, and it was like, what are you doing, Hamza? Like, you're resisting destiny over here, right? Yeah. Your dad owned a store. My dad owned a store, yeah. man. Still yeah. still runs that store and runs it like a champion, nice. man. Like, there's a real pride of ownership with what he does. Yeah. But I would, I would say to anybody listening to this podcast, if you've ever felt or if you've ever looked down on somebody who has a blue-collar job, if you've ever thought that somebody who is a janitor or a truck driver, delivery person, all of that yeah. is less intelligent, is less capable, you're doing so at your own peril. Like yeah. That is a huge mistake that you're making, and the evidence is right in front of us. Just look at these political movements that are sweeping the world. Yeah. Like, the working class is a real uprising happening over yeah. here. It's happened in the States. It's happening in Ontario. It's happening in Canada. It's happening around the world, and yeah. I think that... Uh, enough's enough, and there's a lot that needs to be learned from blue-collar work ethics specifically, oh, yeah, right? There's sure. a way of life. There's a connection to effort and output and results and, you know, doing useful work. Yeah. I'm that Wow, I'm I'm actually floored. I had no idea that yeah. that was no, part of the Nobody narrative. knows that story. But, and and <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> we met, like, shortly after that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, was like, that during? No, no, no. That was, like, after. Like, we met oh. after I left. Because what happened is I was working, I was working, I was making a little money, but then I started getting jobs Right. in between that. So once I felt like the jobs were outweighing the pay that I was making at the at the company, yep. I just left. Well, you, you took a very, like, Gary V approach to rebuilding what is now Artly, right? Because yeah. I, I would see your hustle from, the, from a distance and I'd be like, this guy's doing something special. Like, you would just go, and I remember when you came to me when I was at Splash Effect, you said, I just want to interview you. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm down to be interviewed. Publicity is great. And then we interview. You did the interview, and till date, one of the one of the clips that is consistently getting traction. People are reaching out all the time because of the quality of what you did. Like you gave your gift away for free. Yeah. But really, what you did is you were building up a body of work, and eventually they'd have to pay the piper. So now we have the relationship such that if you call me tomorrow and you're like, hey, Hamza, I need an introduction to that company. Like I'm in your debt. Yeah. I got to do it for you. Yeah. And I would gladly do it for you. Yeah. And now you've done this with. I don't know, hundreds, yeah. hundreds of people, yeah. high-ranking executives, all the biggest companies in the world. I mean, look at the Artly Creative portfolio. Yeah. I mean, shout. I tip my hat to you, like my non-existent hat. Like, <laughs> shout out to you for doing Thank that. Thank you, man. What's next for the agency? Um, I was telling Kwaku, we're looking at getting a space. Okay, physical um, space. Physical space. I'm in a space right now down at uh, Lakeshore and Carla. 
and it's it's about like a 400 square foot spot um we're doing like headshots out of there right now initially i wanted a space to do interviews but the acoustics in that room doesn't work so Hmm. i'm just using it right now to just get people to come in and take photos and just kind of meet people right but i'm gonna leave that spot get a bigger spot down at lakeshore and islington and like i said i'm gonna have a podcast set up in there photo shoots video Video, design and i want to just cultivate talent right so i want to find guys that's coming out or girls coming out of university college that's passionate about photography video design and i just want to create a space for them to come in and create give them a sandbox yes if like i said if they say they want to do product uh, photography and they want to do it with these brands I'll get the products. I'll reach out to the brands. I'll get the products. We'll create all the pieces, the tools that we need. And then I'll use my expertise as a a relationship builder. And I'll go out there and I'll land the work. This is special. And I can can definitely understand the economic benefit from doing this. But what else does creating the space do for Brion? Like, how does this help you realize the vision that you have for the world? Um, The space, because right now, most of my work is done at home. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like lonely at home because it's just me at home, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. need some coworkers. It, to sometimes like, you're, you're like, "Yo, it, what yeah. if I had a heart attack right now? Like, <laughs> there'll be no one here no to save me, that, yeah. right?" So I think about stuff like that, and then I just like being around creative people and just that energy, right? And I feel like I have this motivational thing about myself where every time people are around me, they're like, "Yo, man, you just make me want to go and get it." Yeah. And it's like, I'm not doing it intentionally. It's just like, it just comes out because I'm always trying to like, if I see you have potential, before you reach out to me, I'll reach out to you and I'll let you know. I'm like, I'm watching you from afar Mm -hmm. and I think you got a lot of potential. It's exciting, man. If you need any help with anything, feel free to hit me up. I'm glad you're doing that, man. You just reminded me of a quote. I forget who it was that Jay-Z was beefing with. Like, who were some of his recent beefs? I think he was beefing with the game at one point. Yeah. And, um... The game sent some shots at him, and I think one of the lyrics, he's just asking for Jay-Z's death. Like, I think he just put out a, uh, on Wax, he put out a hit on Jay-Z. And Jay-Z came back with, like, the best answer I've ever heard, which is just a phrase that I keep on repeating throughout my life, um, which is, you shouldn't be praying for my death. You shouldn't be wanting me to die. You don't want me to go away. You should be praying for my life. You should pray that I keep on living and I keep on succeeding because I'm extending the runway of what's possible for you. Yeah. Like, how can you hate Jay-Z for that? Like, there's no one like him. He's in a category of his own. And I think that what you're doing right now is you're doing exactly that. You're extending the runway of what's possible for so many people. You've made the mistakes. You've had the successes. You've had the ups, downs. But now you have enough to give back. Yeah. And somewhere out there, there's a young Brion. There's a young... Any of your mentees that yeah. have worked with you, have had the pleasure of working with you, are now going to be able to come and be in your and be in your presence, be in that space, and just focus on their craft. Yeah, and take the baton further. Yeah, that's, that's it. Exciting, and and that's a lot so of exciting. these creatives, they don't want to deal with the business. They don't want to pitch. They don't want to chase the bag. I'm okay with doing that. Yeah, right. Because I've I've come up with a formula that works. Right. So it's all about. Okay, so I got the formula that's going to help drive the business. I need to find a talent that's going to always take it to the next level, right? In terms of video and photography, I'm self-taught. Yeah, I just picked up the camera and just started shooting and shooting because mm-hmm. my motto is like, as long as you're working continuously, 
creating, you're just going to get better and better and better because yeah. you'll notice the mistakes you're making. Like every time I shoot, I'm like, oh shit, I could have got that shot. But for the next one, that's on the list. Right. So my list, my shot list continuously builds to the point where it's, I'm producing the content that that I'm seeing on TV, that, yeah. that Vice is putting out or whoever. Some totally. of the guys that I respect, right? Um, But yeah, it's, it's just about working hard and being con- like consistent with your work. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel like though, like you have a gift and a curse and your gift is that you inspire a fierce sense of ownership and entrepreneurship among people. I think the curse is that people are going to work for you and then feel like I'm the next Brion and they're going to become their own boss. Yeah. Cause that's happened to me throughout my career. And at first it was jarring to see that, you know, people that you worked with, who you mentored, have now you know ex- exceeded the master and have moved on. Yeah. But now I realize that that's just the definition of leadership. Like a leader's job is to create more leaders. How do you how do you deal with that paradox? Which is you want to build this team, you want to build this collective, but at the same time, doing that really well will mean that they're going to leave you. Um, I'm not worried about that. Hmm. You know that that's the whole plan is to create more leaders, more yeah. creators, and if it's coming through my door, then it's okay. Like. I did my part. Now I'm 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 actually cheering you on yes. to do better than me. It's the right attitude, brother. Right. I, I feel that. like if you're helping people get in better, higher positions, depending on their character, they're always gonna reach back yeah. and pull you out. And that's never the expectation. But um one of my favorite books that I read, and I know this is one of the questions, but I feel like it's a good segue. <laughs> cool. But um I read this book called The Go Giver. The Go Giver. Yeah. Love and it was that. uh that's a great title. It's a it's a book that taught me that, you know, if 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 an opportunity comes your way and you're not able to serve it, then you should pass it off. Yeah, and not just kill it, right? Yeah. And I feel with talent, me bringing in talent, helping them build their portfolio, and their careers, that's me being a goal giver, right? Wow, that's uh, it reminds me of the, the Picasso quote, which is the the. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. That's it. And you don't have to wake up in the morning and post on Instagram. You don't have to do that. No. You you know how to secure business without Instagram, but you still wake up every day and you post something and everything that I see on my feed, anytime I see Brion Wishart or Art Lee or Trep Fuel or Trep Fit post, I stop for a minute because I'm like, this is good stuff. Yeah. Like you've put some thought into this. You've curated a piece of content. Even if it's just a photo of you looking out into the distance, I have to read the caption because yeah. I know that caption is just going to be gold. Yeah. It's going to be the thing that, you know, I have now associated with you over two years, two and a half years of following you. Yeah. Is there's an energy, there's a vibe about Brian. When I close my eyes and I think about you, I'm like, ooh, this is a guy who's out there, who's impassioned, who is giving back, who is wildly talented. I mean, you're a force for good. Yeah. And I think uh, the more good you put out into the world, the better the world's going to be. Well, I I would hope so, man. And we talked about just before this podcast started, like R.I.P. Nipsey, right? Yeah. Like he was R. somebody. R.I.P. Nipsey, man. I I drew so much inspiration from him. And right now it's hard for me to listen to his music. Like I, I, he I affected me yeah. more than Tupac or Biggie or any of these guys because I actually felt like like I knew him. It was yeah. it was weird, man. And, and it's not until he passed away where I was just like, I was like, damn, I felt, I felt like I lost a cousin or something. Bro, I, I could not agree with you more, man. Not specifically about Nipsey, right? Like Nipsey to me occupied the role because I told you I didn't listen to his music, but I watched all of his interviews. Yeah. He was almost like this older brother figure. Yeah. 
that was like giving me advice or at least a younger version of me advice that I that I desperately needed when I was growing up. Yeah. I felt that way when uh, Lincoln Park's frontman died, Chester Bennington. That hit me and I cried that night. I was yeah. like, what? Like this is the voice in my ear. This was like my my subconsciousness that just died basically. And now I'm terrified. I'm, I'm looking at the landscape of people that I'm fans of, friends with. I mean, God forbid tomorrow we get the news that, for example, Kanye has died. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ready for that day, man. I'm I'm taking the week off. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm I, but 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 to that point, like, I I wonder if there's a price to be paid for being that giving, for being that positive and putting putting yourself out there in that way because you're playing this dangerous game where you're creating a public profile, you're creating a public figure, this persona of Brion, and I think you open up the door for a lot of negative energy coming your way. How do you how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with the inevitable negativity that that is focused on you because you've opened up your life for public consumption. Um, I got thick skin, man. Hmm. Like, I've been through the ringer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like words are nothing, man. Like yeah. people trying to, you know, discredit you or just sh- you know shit on your name on social media. Been through that. Yeah, can't do nothing. It's just nothing. water off your back. Yeah. It's nothing, man. And I think um, <clears throat> my attitude towards fear and failure and stuff like that help with that huh. like i'm not afraid of failure okay like failure is my little bitch <laughs> <laughs> it you is talk to him it's real man like um we live in canada there's so much opportunity here there's so much access to funds and resources so if i start a business and it doesn't work out for me in six months i shut it down and start a new one that's it that's it so I look at haters and, and the negative energy coming my way as this is just something I got to get through to get to the next level. That's it, man. I actually really think that every obstacle that we go through is just a test to see if we're worthy of the next The level. next obstacle, huh? Yeah. So that's how I look at it. Like negative energy is just something that I got to deal with because maybe it's preparing me for what's going to happen at that next Absolutely. level. Absolutely. You're building a foundation yeah. for success. and. The, you know, the, the, that foundation needs to be built on something that's durable. Yeah. And the durability only comes from having encountered difficult situations time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Shout out to our parents, man. We're both the kids of immigrant parents, man. Yep. And I feel like we'd be doing our parents a disservice if we just decided to phone it in and just, you know, we didn't actually take that baton further. Yeah. If you think about it, sorry to cut you, yeah, but no, if you please. think about it, our parents left their country oh, God. with like next to nothing. And came here. Like, my mother came yeah. here with me and my little sister by herself. My dad was still in the picture. Yeah. He was taking care of the the, the, the family home in Guyana. <clears throat> and then my mom had to become a landed immigrant and, you know, do all of that stuff before she could actually send for him. So it took about, like, I think eight years before he came. But we used to go back to Guyana and spend time with him. But, um... Uh, I lost my job. <laughs> you're giving me chills because I'm thinking about that very same journey. Like, it's weird to think yeah, that our job. parents had full lives before we showed up, right? Like, they were actual people. Yeah. They passed through childhood, uh, you know, their teenage years. They were young adults. They fell in love. They had heartbreak, all of that. But somewhere in that process, they shut off a switch. And that switch was like, it's not about me anymore. It's about my kids. Yeah. Like, I don't think my dad finds intrinsic joy in the job that he does. I don't think my mom finds intrinsic joy in the job that she does, but she did it because she's focused on the outcome. He did it because they're focused on the outcome, which is provide a better life for our kids who now have this 
platform that is Canada. Yeah. And here in Canada, like I would say till the end, the end of time, best country in the world. Best country. Best country in the world, world man. Like we best. hit the geographic lottery, bro. We did. This is this I'm is why. I'm thankful that we came to Canada. Oh. And not New York. Or oh, London, Australia. Who knows? I mean, shout out to those places. Yeah. But like here. Um, and there's more mindshare available to build our respective businesses and our empires. But to that point, when you think about proportionally the amount of work that your mom had to do, the sacrifice, that scale of sacrifice, like I feel like you're forever gonna be in her shadow. I'm forever gonna be in my dad's shadow. And so like we have we have no choice. We have to do it as big as we possibly can. Oh, always. Always. And we always wanna set an example too, right? That's it. Like <clears throat> when I look at my, 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 my kids' life now where i was when i was their age yeah their life is like 10 times better than oh they're 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 basically spoiled now right? yeah, they, yeah they have everything they want everything they need yeah and you know i i attribute that to to my parents like they were both hard working people mm -hmm. right and they instilled that in me and i was able to take that <clears throat> and bring my family to a higher standard of living or totally. quality of living and and the game is now to have my my set up my kids from a younger age. Yeah. So when they get to 19, 20, maybe they'll be in a position that I'm in right now. Yeah, start earlier. So have it's, longer it's that runway. generational thing, right? So maybe their kids will start even younger than yeah. they started to the point where it's like there's money. Yeah. There's that wealth that's mm. there where it's like okay, you want to you want to start a business at 10 years old? Here's some seed capital, right? Here's yeah. some capital. Yeah. Here, here are some mentors. These are some places that you can intern at. And that's another reason why I build so many, so many relationships. Yeah. Because when my kids are ready to go to university, they're going to have 50 companies that they can intern at. I love that, man. Right? And I learned that from um, from watching um, something on YouTube about, like, Jewish families. Oh, yeah. What they do is... That's the model, bro. Right, and I really thought that was that was a great idea because you expose them to so many different kind of industries. Yeah. They get to figure out, oh, I, I want to do PR. I don't really want to do law. I want to do PR because yeah. the energy. I, I just want to wake up and go to work. That's it. So I want to be able to give them different options to intern at different companies and really figure out where they want to go instead of going to college yeah. for a year or two and then deciding like this is not what this I is not what I want to do. I'm excited by that future. Like the, I. I feel like it's going to happen in our lifetime for yeah. our kids, right? Because yeah. I remember vividly going to Sony Music and sitting in the pool of interns and asking them, how did you get this job? Nobody applied for it. I was the only person who applied for it. Wow. Which is so weird to me, right? I was like, what the heck? What? Did I... This doesn't make any sense. And then I talked to them about like where they live. They're yeah. all downtown. They're getting driven there. I'm taking two buses to get there. Absolutely bizarre, man. Yeah. Now, what's exciting to me is that in the near future, right? You've got two kids of your own. I'm yeah. hoping to start a family at some point. I'm excited for when my kid comes to me and says, you know, I want to become a, uh, I become a film director. I can just pick up the phone and be like, yo, Brion, man, if you don't mind, man, just just go ahead and shadow little Hamza or little Hamzi, yeah. right? Yeah. And they can do that, no yeah. problem. If your kids, they want to work in academia, they want to get an education and yeah. marketing, hey, talk to Akmal Hamza, man, he'll hook yeah. you up over here. Like, that's, that's what we should be that's, doing. Building yeah. community, keeping it within the community. Yeah. That's so fucking exciting to me. Because right? you never know. My kids and your kids might cross paths one day. They could. And they but, might not know that we know each other. Right. But, you know, you, you never know, man. It's it's all about building a positive community of people that want to help each other. Totally. if we built that and our kids are, my kids are helping your kids, yep. it's just going to be a better place. Money circulating. There's so much bad stuff going on in the yeah. world right now. 
that we got to try to do our best, even if it's one good thing a day. That's it. It's going to help, man. Absolutely. Even just telling somebody like, yo, you look you look good today. Thank you. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, that that energy carries through the day. Absolutely. And the that individual, could, yeah. And that could be almost like bulletproof for you. Like you're saying this and this and that, but a random stranger came up to me and 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 told me like, you know, you look good. Man. There's no motive behind that. Right? Like if I see you, even if I don't know you and I see you. Right. And I have an opportunity to to compliment you, I'll just be like, you look good, man. Have a good day. <laughs> like, Small that's thing. just me, man. Like, yeah. I just, I just love to um, conversate and, and 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 talk to people. So, I love that, brother. And um, one last question before we transition into the into a fun little part yeah. of this this podcast. You just got me thinking. The gamble, though, is that if you provide this much opportunity and provide this big of a platform for your kids, is it possible that they won't learn resilience and resourcefulness the way that you learned it? Like, how are you teaching your kids to be resilient? How are you teaching your kids to develop a thick skin? It's um, a tough one, man. Like, parenting By just being honest with them. Uh-huh. Just being, like, brutally honest with yeah. them. You know, that hard knock love, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how I grew up. I grew up on tough love, man. Yeah. Like, my mom wasn't, like, sugarcoating nothing. She was just giving it straight all the time. Now, I, I've, I've refined that a little bit. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think it's just about being like really honest with your kids and and letting them know what to expect when they go out there. Okay. So in terms of like, for example, I have a young black boy. Right. Right. When I was his age, I was starting to play around in the streets, getting into trouble, bringing my mom to court every other month or whatever. Shit, son. And I don't want that for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'll use some of my experiences to let him know like that's not the way you want to go. Right. Because I made these mistakes for you. I made them for you. Right. And I put my mom through a whole bunch of shit and it cost her a bunch of money and you don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just about being honest and letting them know what's out there. Not every white person's racist. You know what I mean? Like just creating free thinkers, not mm. people that are, that are um, programmed on programmed by media. Yeah. Right. So and I always tell them, listen to both sides. Don't listen to just the left side. Listen to the right, right side, side, too. Yeah. Because have a balanced media you have to like I listen sometimes I listen to white supremacist interviews yeah, dude. sometimes I listen to you know uh, a, a, a transgender view right you have on to. the same like you have to have a very balanced media to. diet man. yeah otherwise that's how we end up in these filter bubbles these yeah. echo chambers yeah right, that are ultimately dangerous to the very fabric of society yeah because everyone is just going to be in their own little worldview and they will think that they can be self-sustaining within that worldview. And to yeah. a certain extent, that's true. But we're on a planet that's not designed for 23 billion people. So at some point, there's going to be inevitable conflict. And if we're not building those empathy tunnels and those networks right now, yeah. we're, we're in for some of the darkest yeah. times in human history, man. Yeah. Buddy, whew, before before we go off on that deep end over there, because that could be a whole other podcast, I want to switch up the gears a little bit and do a fun segment of the podcast called the Halo Skull segment. Did you ever play Halo back in the day? No. Oh, man. You know what? feel like we should just rename this segment because no one has played halo it seems like um what we do is we've got this skull over here that you've probably noticed and what this skull does is if you choose to activate it we enter into a part of the podcast that is going to make you a little bit uncomfortable you're gonna have to deal with some um funny mostly uh photos that we've unearthed from your instagram we went all the way <laughs> back down on your instagram and we found some photos that you probably forgot you took and okay. you're gonna have to just provide some context all right down cool. with that yeah yeah okay buddy For sure let's do this well Here's the funny one that I found right away. You wrote, 
In 2018, I did favors. In 2019, I'm doing business. Yeah. First of all, I feel bad that I never asked for any favors in 2018. <laughs> right? I, mi- I missed my shot. But what did you mean by this? Because you came out swinging with this, with um, this, with this post here. Okay, so in, in 2018, I connected with a bunch of creative partners, and we created a lot of content together that you know was sweat equity right <laughs> they put in their their time i put in my time we came came together and created some some beautiful content that we ended up pitching out that brought money in yeah um and then you know there's people that would hit me up and just based on our relationship and just me wanting to help people all the time then i'll just do stuff right but um you know it, i feel like um i uh it's 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 I think it's like a natural cycle, right? Like yeah, you, it's like you give you and then want, you you want to get at some point as well, right? Uh-huh. Nothing wrong. But with you know what's funny? I don't give, I don't give with the expectation to get. Back, yeah, you never should. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's just me. If I see somebody, and like I said, if if they have potential and they're a good person, then I'll I'll help them. But I just feel in 2019, it's all about, you know, following my vision and doubling down on my vision. So my 2020 vision right. is exactly where I need it to be. And I, I feel that. like if I'm doing favors, it takes time out of my day to shoot, to edit, whatever, whatever. Right. And it's taking time away from me getting closer to that vision. So that's that's pretty much what that message meant. And it's just drawing the line in the sand. Like, yeah. No more free work. Like, no more free work. Yeah, Not you're going to come to me, come, come with a budget, man. Come and, and to me, that's being respectful. Absolutely. One of my mentors told me, and he was one of the guys where I was like, yo, I'll shoot that for you for free. Like, you're my mentor. And yeah. he's like, nah. No way, man. He's like, friends always pay friends. Yes. And that, stu- that stuck with me. Like, till today, I'm just like, yeah, man, that, if you're a friend, you should you should be willing to pay. Absolutely. You, you should offer mean? it yeah. up front. Up front. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you get what you pay for, right? And if you're paying nothing, then you're probably going to get something that is commensurate to that value. Or you're right? going to be at the bottom of the list. Yeah. No such thing as a shortcut. Like you always have to pay for whatever shortcut you took. Yeah. If the shortcut is a financial one, then you're gonna have to pay for that on yeah. some end of the value value chain. Yeah. Second picture over here. I saw this picture and I fell on the floor. <laughs> this is we ran into the homie Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, you gotta give me some context here. How so, did you meet the legend, Kevin so, Hart? My God. So me and my uh creative partner, Trevor Lou, okay. we actually uh created the show called Soul Food Soulful Food Stories. And it's been it's been doing so good for us, man. It, it started out as a passion project, and you know those those episodes actually had the city of Calgary reach out to us and hire us to come out there and shoot a piece on their city. Wow! But they didn't just want like a piece on the city; they wanted the piece about the city to be a part of the episode. Got it. Right. So we're in Calgary at the hotel. We're having our this was the Westin, right? Yeah, yeah, we're at yeah. the Westin. So we're having our um. Our, our production meeting in the Starbucks. So I'm, I'm chilling and I'm always watching. Yeah, situational right? so, awareness, man. So I'm, And then I just see this person no. pass me by the <laughs> side of my... I'm like, I think that was Kevin Hart. And they're like, yeah, get out of here. And I'm like, no, dude, I think that was Kevin Hart. So I jumped up Yo. and I chased him down and I'm like... Dude, was I'm he like, scared? Yo, He's like, you're running up behind him. He, he, you know what's funny? He didn't seem like he was in the mood for that shit that oh, day. <laughs> like... He was like, oh, but I didn't care. Just want my venti caramel I, latte. I just, <laughs> I just wanted my uh, my picture, and yeah. more importantly, I just wanted to let him know, like, yo, I'm I'm proud of what you do. 
and I've been a fan since way back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've been a fan before people even knew about Kevin. Right, Hart. yeah. Like, I think the first movie I seen him in was Paper Soldiers. I don't even know that movie, man. Yes. You should check that out. It's Paper like Soldiers? Pa- Paper Soldiers, I think that was a Rockefeller movie. Oh, shit. Because oh, it yeah, was... Rock made movies back yeah, in the day. I forgot so, about that. So yeah, they yeah, had... Yeah. Um, Dame Dash Films. So, yeah. Pa- uh, uh, Paper Soldiers was before the state property movies. Oh, shit. This so is like they had free... Beanie in it and the Young Guns. And Kevin Hart was in there. <laughs> and like some other comedians. But yeah, check that show out. That was, that was the first time I, I, I was introduced to him and then so so on that's but. amazing man i man i have nothing but respect for kevin hart man like as far as a comedian is concerned yeah not my cup of tea right he's not that funny to me he's not the greatest stand-up comedian no but as far as like inspiration yeah. for content creation for performance like i watched that last episode uh, the last special he did on netflix with absolute reverence i sat down with a notepad i'm like i gotta take notes on body language yeah. on crowd work interaction like this guy sold out the o2 like you have to be an old school rock star yeah. or like the hottest thing on the planet to sell out O2. You can't sell out how many seats is in there? More than 10,000, 15,000 seats yeah. in there? Unreal. Yeah. Uh, um, hardest worker. That was irresponsible, right? Irresponsible, yeah. That was I wasn't even really impressed with that. Yeah, I, I the comedy-wise though? Yeah, I wasn't really it didn't have me like there was no belly laughs for me. Yeah. I I chuckled a few times, yeah. but I was just like this isn't the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was okay. I'm kind of like falling off of that Kevin Hart bandwagon. But to movie, be honest, what do you think about his movies though? Hit and miss, right? Like Central Intelligence was the last one I watched, and I'm like, didn't do eh, it for me, man. It's it's whatever, man. It's yeah. but he's consistent though. Like if you're he you, is, if he you're is, yeah. if you're paying money to experience a Kevin Hart product, you know it's at least going to be good. Yeah. And I think that's uh, you know he's done this at scale, and you know some some people's cup of tea, some people's shot of tequila. So. Yeah, I think he's he's. Hitting that 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 ceiling soon. Megastar. Yeah. Last photo for you here, sir. This is a photo that is captioned "Blessings," and you are having what seems to be a losing arm wrestle battle. <laughs> right. I don't think you're winning that one. You have a, a significantly uh, a more diminutive opponent that you're going up against. Who are you wrestling with, and why does it look like you're struggling? I'm wrestling my daughter <laughs> Zola, and we're at uh, Hero, Hero Burger. Hero yeah. Burgers. Yeah. That's 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 my uh, that's daddy's little daughter right there, man. It's the young queen. Yeah, she re- she kind of reminds me of myself in terms of like her being assertive and kind of like knowing what she wants. Um, she has that 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 hunger in her eye. Like I mm. can see it, and I'm just trying to like hone in on it early. Yeah, like I'm that entrepreneur dad that's like, oh, you, oh, you like doing this, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, so, do some classic. <laughs> Right, so she likes doing YouTube videos. Oh wow! So we built her a YouTube studio in her That's basement. Amazing. Right, like I, I just want to support them. Of course, man. We want to support them as much as possible, right? So, if if you want to shoot videos, then I'm gonna buy you the lighting. I'm gonna buy you the mics, yeah. the backdrop, the oh, table. Wow. So we we built her um, like a full little studio in the basement, and now we're gonna build her like a uh, a craft studio because wow. she loves to like. Like, dude, if you see some of the things she builds out of, like, nothing, it's insane. So I'm, like, I'm seeing all that potential, and I'm just trying to, like, feed it. Damn. I have the the resources and the money to do it. My parents probably didn't have the resources. And, you know, the older generation, they want you to be a doctor or a lawyer. Engineer. And I get it. They want the best jobs for us. They want us to be financially free or whatever, but... I just want my kids to be happy. 
Huh. Right? Um me as a parent, I'm gonna make sure that I'm 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 providing, you know, some some emergency funds for them. So Absolutely. when they get to that age and they really figure out what they wanna do and they wanna buy a house and this and this that, that's my job to make sure that transition is easy. But I feel like having them focus on what makes them happy from now until they get to that age where they can actually make an educated decision sure. on where yeah, they're going. Yeah. That's that's super important for me because I feel like if I had that support from my parents when I was younger, I would have su- surpassed like a lot of things. And that's sometimes what you need. You just need yeah. a positive parent to be like, I see you. I see what you're doing. Keep it up. Yeah. Keep at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's parenting. Are you guys adopting anytime soon? We thought about it. Up, you know, <laughs> building studios for your kids. That's, you know, now that I think about it, I'm like, if I was in your shoes, I would do the exact same thing. If my kid demonstrated any inkling of an interest in yeah. something, I'd say, hey, if you want to. You like swimming? Here's uh, the best swimming coach that we can afford right yeah. now. Here's all the time we're going to drop you to and from that, that swimming pool. Like, yeah. learn this craft. Yeah. But then how do you deal with a kid that's like, okay, I like this today. I don't like it tomorrow. You've built this whole studio for um, your daughter, which I'm sure she's well, very grateful for. I'm not, not going to build a studio if I feel like she's kind of flip-flopping, yeah, flip-flopping, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it didn't happen overnight. It was uh-huh. like she's been shooting videos, and then she kind of stopped, and she wasn't into it, and... And then she got back on it, and uh, she seems a little more serious about it. She's older now, right? right? So, so we invested into that. But yeah, it's just f- just paying attention to your kids and figuring out what makes them happy. That's it, brother. And then doubling down on that. Well, on on the note of fatherhood, like let's transition to the performance point segment of the podcast. And I think this is the segment that a lot of the listeners sometimes they skip ahead to because this is where you unpack how it is that you, as a very accomplished performer, a high performer, are able to manage and optimize your time, your energy, and your attention. Like, this is just the goods of the podcast, right? And I'm very excited because we've never actually talked about this. Like, all I see is the end result of what you do. So I'm very curious, and I want to peel back the layers on how it is that you structure your day to get the maximum results. And I want to start by asking you about you know, that transition into fatherhood. Because I imagine you were always very productive. Like, you were always a very hard worker. Again, you've got this intensity in this way that you go about your work. But before you were a father, you were probably giving way more, way much more time to your craft. How did becoming a father change your relationship with your time? Um, like, did it make you more productive? Yeah, but I was still young, man. Yeah. Uh, when, when I had my when I had my son, I was still young. And you know, when you're young, you're thinking about, oh, I'm gonna have a kid. It's gonna, it's gonna help me get motivated, and it's gonna make me work harder. And these are the things you tell yourself, but the reality—it's just you just gotta prioritize your time and 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 make sure you're always there. Right. Right. So, um, well, you have a really tough schedule right now. Like you're growing multiple businesses, and like the act, the process of creating any one of your cultural products, whether it's uh, you know a design, a website, a video. It's a lot of fucking time, yeah, man. Yeah. But then you've also got this other full-time job, which is being a father, being yeah. a partner, you know, supporting this family. How do you balance both? Because we have a lot of listeners of this podcast who are new parents, who are parents for, at different stages of their career, and I think it would be really cool for them to hear how is it that you have found this balance. Um. Well, they're in school. Yeah. From eight to three. Shout out to school, yeah. Right? Shout out to <laughs> school, because it, 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 it opens up that... Yeah. that, that, that that time space that that time in that space that I need to just focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to just do everything I need to do between that time slot, and then when they get home, I just try to give them my undivided attention. Right. And then when they go to bed, 
<clears throat> if I still got that fire in me, then I'll um then I'll jump back on on the grind and and, yeah. and, and get some more work done. But but it's important for when they're there with yeah, you yeah, yeah. that you have to like yeah be with them right yeah. And one of my other uh, mentors taught me that he um I asked him like you know how would you want to raise your kids? Would you want them to be entrepreneurs too? And he's like. He's like, if they want to be entrepreneurs, they could be entrepreneurs. But I just want to make sure my kids are kind people. Huh. And that's, just kind that people. stuck with me, right? Because I'm like, yeah, I do want my kids to be really nice people that people love to be around. Yeah. More than just being rich kids or kids that have all sure. the things, right? Um, but yeah, it's to me, it's you have, like, when you have them in your presence, you have to give them full attention. Yeah. Because they they pick up on everything. They Absolutely. know when you're not giving them the attention. They know when you're in your phone, you're listening, but you're not giving them undivided but attention, right? So I, I, it's not easy either, man. Like yeah. sometimes business doesn't stop. Yeah. At three o'clock, and I have to get on the phone and, and deal with a call with a client. For sure. But they're seeing what I'm doing. Yeah. It's not like I'm running in a room. Sometimes I'm on speaker. They hear the conversations I'm having, so they know, like, okay, daddy's working. He's not just talking to his friend and not spending time with us. So yeah, I try to let them see what I'm doing. Trying to let them try to let them hear what I'm doing, so they know it's like I'm working. It's not right. playing around. Or you have to ex- kind of explain what it is that you're doing yeah. and why it is that you're. That's so interesting, right? Like we, when I say we, like I, I imagine parents. Like you see yourself as a father, but your kids are seeing you as a blueprint. Right. Like they see you as like this protector, this provider, this person that they love and they care about. But I think that, you know, 50 years from now, they're going to look back at things that you said and ways that, you know, you move through life. And that's going to be what informs how it is that they move through their life as well. Like it's entirely possible that, you know, fast forward 20 years from now, they're on a podcast and someone's asking them, like, where did this hustle come from? Where did this drive come yeah. from? And they'll say from mom, from dad, and yeah. like you know, we saw them, and this is the way that they did things. That's yeah. really cool. It's yeah. all. It's also a lot of responsibility, man. It's it like is. You become like a ghost almost. It to is. Your parents. It is. But you know what? I'd rather be that blueprint than somebody else. Yeah. Right. And that's what happens when you don't spend time with your kids. They find somebody else. Find somebody else to lean on, for for knowledge or guidance. And yeah. sometimes, and a lot of the times. They find the wrong person, dude. Sometimes it's Leo Cohen <laughs> and his team, right? That yeah. are like, "Hey, give us, give us, give us your kids, and yeah. we'll take them for you." Yeah, right? and yeah. that's that story doesn't end well, man. <laughs> yeah, R. Kelly. Jeez, <laughs> man. I love that. You know, you you've re-inspired in me this desire to to think more, like honestly, about ownership in my life. Like, I don't own all of my sources of income. Yeah, and um. I got to think more about that because I think that now is the time. 2019, the yeah. barriers have never been lower to start your own business. Like I teach right now through Ryerson. Yeah. But, you know, to, to quote Dame Dash, I'm still calling somebody else daddy, right? Yeah. I don't own 100% of that. I started this course on Skillshare though. Yeah. I own that audience. Yeah. I own my content. Like I signed the paperwork. I decide what happens in that realm over there. Ryerson can fire me tomorrow. Yeah. And if they did, I can't do a thing about it. Nothing. But- if I own my content, if I own my own means of production, you own your own studio, yeah. the dynamic changes. Yeah, yeah. And then you can pass something on to your kids. Exactly. I can't pass on Ryerson to my kids. No. I can give them my courses. I can say, here's the revenue streams, here's the NDA, here's yeah. all of the different you know, IP patents that we have with regards to all this content. It's yeah. yours now. But more valuable than all of that stuff is your experience and your knowledge. Yeah. 
right? The the knowledge and the experience that you give them and provide them with, that's invaluable. That's, yeah, it is invaluable. It is right? because that could just turn on a switch. Yeah, and they'll surpass you by like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, years. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, ownership is huge for me, especially now. Like, right. I want to dive into real estate commercial real estate and all of that stuff was inspired by nipsey that's it um and this is before he passed like i was always following his message of ownership and um and like always trying to stay in the community yeah that. he was big on that yeah. yeah because you know when you think about like some of the the the, the crime ridden communities across the city they're lacking resources more than anything yeah i've, I've been in all of them man yeah, I've been in all so these neighborhoods, right, right in our own neighborhood, right yeah. here near Ryerson, right. Yeah, but the funny thing is, with like a, a a spot like Regent Park, they gentrified it. They brought in resources, but the people are gone. Yeah, right. So it's yeah. like, you know, these neighborhoods they need resources, they need mentors, they need STEM centers, yeah, all these things. Because if you're not gearing up these small groups of people to be citizens of of you know society and in canada and uh, and um you know helping out the economy they're just always going to be the problem yeah right and the people that are in power they don't come from those walks of life no so those people are always the last people they think about they're always thinking about you know the people in their neighborhood or in in in, in their world whether it's financial or career-wise, yeah. they're always going to think about those people first because that's who they know and that's who they want to protect. That's their tribe. That's their community. But right? usually the people at the bottom, they get what's at the bottom. Yeah. So. Did you watch the movie Us recently? No, but we we were going to go watch it in Bahamas. <laughs> it was a $60 price tag. Oh, what the heck? You were you watching this, man? You watching this like IMAX 5D, was, man? Like It was IMAX. $60? It was a $60. Yeah, I was someone like, was running a scam on you for sure. Man. No, no, that, that was the price. <laughs> wow, that's the most expensive movie ticket. You I think well, that like, was probably the only IMAX in Bahamas. That's wild, man. It was close to the, uh, to the hotel and... Yeah, I wanted to see it, but I was like, I'll just wait till I get back. I, I brought it up. I'm watching it again tonight because yeah. I just haven't stopped thinking about that movie. It's one of those movies that just bore itself deep into my you psyche. Might have to go see that tonight. But exactly what you said about like this relationship between the top and the bottom and where power is concentrated, where the scraps end up. Like yeah. this movie has done the best job of visualizing. Like, you've watched it so far, right? We'll, we have to debrief this, man. This is um, wow. We could do a whole other podcast. Shout on that. out we Jordan will... Peele, who uh, I just recently recently saw an interview and. You know he's he's an avid uh, cannabis smoker. Oh yeah, hey. you, you know that <laughs> today's four twenty two. Eh, it's four twenty one. Sorry, yeah, sorry. it's four twenty yeah. yesterday. Yeah. But he 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 said, um, yeah, I smoke to be creative, but when it's time to execute, I'm sober as fuck. Oh man, okay, I need to put that down before I forget. <laughs> yeah. I felt that way my whole life, and I've never been able to put that in words. Yeah. <laughs> smoke to be creative, but when it's time to be productive, yeah. sober as fuck. Yeah, you gotta be sober. Yeah, I'm so hyped, man. This yeah. is great. Uh, before we burn out, though, right? Like, my second question is about energy. Like, you've got a lot on the go right now, and you're thinking about introducing more into your mix. Yeah. How? What rules do you have in place to help you avoid burnout? Um, because you kind of hinted at it in the beginning. You said that there was a moment where you were working really hard, and then you lost your love for what it is that you were doing, and yeah. you entered into this deep period, this dark period, right? Yeah. Which sounds like it was a bit of burnout. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Um. 
just tired, man. Just yeah. tired of dealing with the same things yeah. over and over, same kind of people. Exhausted, eh? Yeah, exhausted. So now, now, now that you felt that, and you know, you're like, I never want to go back to that yeah. again. Like, what sort of braces do you have in place that'll prevent you from reverting? Just focusing on my passion, huh. focusing on the thing that keeps me happy. That's it. Outside of that, it's working out, eating better. Yeah, um, you just, look good, man. I'm the, just yeah. just keeping positive, because you know. Sometimes I have those moments where I feel like it's coming back, like the the depression. Right. But now because I've been through it, I could I could see those signs, I could feel the signs, and then I just shake it off. Yeah. I, I think about my kids, I think about where I want to be in 10, 20 years, what I want to be doing, and then that's it. That's it, man. It's pretty simple with me, man. Like most of my stuff is it's all experience based. So everything that I've been through has prepared me for Stuff the next that I'm going through now. Thing, yeah. That's why I feel like everything that you go through is preparing you for the next level because Absolutely. I actually been through it. And if it's not, if you're finding like as you're moving through life, it's getting easier to some degree. Like I think that might be like a, a sign from the universe that you need to to look at, like if you've settled. Yeah. In some well, respect, right? Well, if if the I need work to rephrase that though, because like the, your life should get technically easier as you move forward. But yeah. As far as like. I need to f- I need to figure out the exact phrasing of what it is I'm trying to say, but not I feel like life. you understand. Not life. Not life. Maybe work Maybe life. Maybe work. Work life. Yeah, gets yeah, yeah. Easier, work life gets easier, but then there's always something that's going to be, you know, that's the it. one thing that's not keeping it balanced, right? So maybe in five years, I'm going to be worrying about my kids in high school, right. and that's going to be the hardest thing in my life. But maybe work is... I don't even need to be in the office. Right? I think what I was trying to say is that, like, if if you're not being challenged, if you're not being scared, then you're not actually growing. Yeah. And I think that that's the, really the sentiment that I wanted to get out. Yeah. So, like, if you today, like, we're doing this podcast, right? Like, I imagine it's a little bit scary for you. It's very scary for me to do this. And I feel like in doing this over job. and over again, thank you, brother. It's it's like we're growing together through this process. Yeah. But tomorrow, if I'm not doing this podcast, I'm just like I'm just gonna take it easy today. And that take it easy today becomes a month, it becomes a year, it becomes the rest of my life, then I've stopped growing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when I hit that point where I feel like it's sustainable and I don't really need to be around anymore, mm. then I go create something else. Yeah. I'm like a serial, serial creative entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, I love to build. Like, for instance, Trep Fuel, I built it. Yeah. It started out as a passion project, then something clicked. Mm. I was like, oh, everybody I interview turns into a client. I don't want to use Trep Fuel to run business through because it's just a platform to discover entrepreneurs, right? To get you motivated, inspired. So I created Art Lee to funnel all that business through. So now Trep Fuel became my soft pitch. It's just a way for me to get in. Yeah. So, so now that I know what it does and what it's it's capable of doing, now I can start strategizing and targeting people, right? And it's not with ill intent. Or in an opportunist way, but I want to talk to the director of marketing at Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to create a marketing series through Trep Fuel and target those people that I want to talk to. So smart, man. And then if we do business, we do business, but I got the relationship now. Now yeah. I have you on speed dial and I got you in my email and I know you're going to respond, like you said. Yeah. You're going to respond to my email. So if I feel like I have an opportunity that works both, that works for both of us yeah. i got the line to get to you now i don't have to go through layers to get to one person so it's crazy man and i feel like we're we're like 
feel like we're giving away the secret sauce on the yeah. podcast, right? Because there's two guys in my life. There's you and there's Edwin Frondozo. These are two guys with like some of the most ridiculously large and just dense networks I've ever seen. And they both came from the same approach, which yeah. is he does the podcast equivalent of what you do yeah. for your videos, right? He's the sonic equivalent to your visual narrative. Just interviews people. Yeah. Builds up that network. And now suddenly they're all in his favor. Yeah. And they're, they will pick up calls. Yeah. I'm not worried, man. I'm serious. I think I'm just not worried. You've built a net, like you've built. I've built a network, and it's it's continuously building. And my thing is, I build genuine relationships. Uh-huh. Like, I'll hit you up and just say, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. Like, and there's no motive behind it. It's probably I seen you pop up in my feed, and I'm like, "Shit, I haven't spoken to Hamza in a minute." Yeah. Let me just reach out and see how he's doing. Right. Um. After a while, it gets a little hard though when you have like 300 people to reach out to. But I yeah. try to do my best. And sometimes I use social media to remind me of the people that I need to reach out to. Absolutely. Right? So look for those birthdays on Facebook. Yeah, like, and, and I think it's important to um, let people know that you remember them. It wasn't just about the interview and then yeah. doing that. Just thinking that about deal. them, right? Yeah, yeah. So like a lot of my friends that have kids, you know, I'll I'll just say, hey, how's your kid doing, man? That's As it. a father, that's like I'm genuine about that. Yeah, because yeah. I'm There's like, yo, you're a you new want. father. If you ever need to talk to me about anything, yeah. feel free. You know yeah. what I mean? I it's it's the most joy you're ever going to feel in your life and that's when you're going to realize what true love is i love that man you'll i'll jump in front of a fucking mac truck a, yeah a bullet for my kids without without thinking twice absolutely brother this is uh wow make make me want to start a family tonight man I'm just, <laughs> you ready a, to jump in front a, of that buy bus? a bottle of wine on the way home you know this is um this brings me to the last question in the performance point segment. So you talked about like, you know, 300 followers and now scale out to 3,000 or 3 million. It's impossible to keep up with that shit. Yeah. That's an unnatural number. Yeah. Like, I think I read a study somewhere that says you can only stay up to date genuinely with only 150 people in your life. That, that's, I don't even know if that's real. Yeah, man. I, I can barely do that's 10, right? Yeah. I've got like 13 best friends, man. Sometimes yeah. I forget like anniversaries and shit, right? Yeah. So, how do you separate urgent from important? Because there's important shit that you need to do, but then social media makes it seem like everything's urgent. The internet makes it seem like everything's urgent. Yeah. How do you stay focused on the things that must be done? Um, I think about the end result. Okay. The goal. Yeah. Right? And who are, who are the people or the things that are going to help me accomplish this goal? Fast, but like, quality like quality is always important to me um but yeah it's i just think about the end result i just think about the goal and you know if i have 150 people which 10 people out of 150 people should i be spending my energy on to make sure that you know that relationship is tight right and it doesn't come from an opportunist way like you know or opportunist place it's genuine like we're doing business yeah it's business now. It has nothing to do with being personal or, yo, you're my friend and I'm using you. No. We're doing business. You're a business person. I'm a business person. This is how we do business together. Me keeping in touch with you and staying on top of you, that's just good business etiquette to me. Absolutely. All right? Um, you could always tell when somebody's using you because they call you and they, they butter you up first and then yeah. they jump right into it. Like, yeah. hey, uh, I need you to do it. Yeah. And right <laughs> yeah, away, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, you just call me for this. Like, that's it. This just happened to me the other day. Um, somebody that, you know, I was looking towards as a mentor, uh-huh. somebody that looks like me. Yeah. Um, you know, we did something and I was like, yo, I feel good about this guy. I was even, I was like, yo, this guy could be the guy that will help me 
get to the next level because I just feel like we had that synergy. Sure, right? yeah, there was something. There. And then it just, it was weird. It was like the relationship just went stagnant. Huh. It was weird. I was like, he doesn't reach out. I send emails. He doesn't reach back. Yeah. And yeah, recently he reached out to me. Out of the blue. Because he wanted me to be a part of something that he was doing. And as much respect I have for him, I said, I'm not interested, man. Wow. Because it was like a disrespect. That yeah, it was like, follow up. you know, like for like the whole year, I I would reach out and, and say, what's up to your wife? And how's your kid doing? And I never got that back. Boom. And, you know, you, you have to look at those things. Like if if, if you're putting love in the, in the world and nobody's sending it back, then you should probably don't associate with that person yeah. because it's not the same energy, man. No. And I felt like he was just reaching. He buttered me up. <laughs> hey, how's the family? It's been so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he just wanted to hook up and, and get a coffee or sure, something. And yeah. then it was some all, some all other shit. Oh, man. Man. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm sorry that happened to you, yeah. man. That's rough. That I'm starting to see that happen more and more in my life right now. Yeah. It's just like, and I'm becoming better at recognizing it. Yeah. But I'm still a softie at heart, man. Like I'm still like, hey, man, like, I understand. I get it. I like, thank my mom for that, man. Yeah. I have no problems telling people no. Damn. I think that would that would do me <laughs> a lot. My of... feelings are your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> like... I I and I think I think I need to to bring that into my life some more because I feel like I've you know to quote you, 2018. Did favors. 2019, I got to start doing business, man. Yep. I feel like the, the favor train is still running right now. And yeah. uh, the only person on board that's shoveling the coal into it is me. Yeah. And people will respect you more, man. The mm -hmm. people that you want to attract, they'll respect you more because they always say somebody's watching. Yeah. I always feel like somebody's watching, but they're just waiting for the right opportunity right. to approach me and be like, I see what you're doing. This is what I can do for you. Gotcha. But just like I said, those obstacles... To me, I, I, it's equivalent to people watching you because once once they see something that you're doing, that they can help you take you to the next level. It's like they're waiting to see if you deserve their help yeah. to take you to the next level. You're not gonna get invited to Mortal Kombat just yet. You, know? like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you gotta you gotta prove. Yeah. You know, test your metal a little bit. Yeah. Man, this is you've been just dropping bars here, man. This you is, know what's funny? Wild, I was, man. Uh, you know when you when you hit me up. I was like, I looked at the question. I was like, God damn, this guy has like three hundred questions for me, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. But I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. It was, it was a little in intimidating, right? Just because, like I said, I'm always behind the camera. I, I like playing the background, right? And I like helping people. You know, so many clips, yeah. man. Some of my favorite clips, like even Bailey. Till this day, she's so grateful that you did that yeah. one Trepul interview with her. And she's yeah. like, that's the best produced video that anyone has ever done for me, right? Yeah, I, I had fun. Like I love working with. Baby. That's it, man. Every time we sit down, it was it was all. Oh, she's gonna be excited to hear this episode, man. Nice. Like yeah. this is this is awesome. I'm I'm, all, I'm always watching her. I support her a lot on on Instagram. I Facebook, see that. Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, you're always there, man. Anytime yeah. I go to double tap on that photo, I'm like, oh, Brielle's here too, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Because because I respect her as a person yeah. and I respect the work that she does. she's doing. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm the feeling is very mutual. Yeah. Man. So to me, clicking the like button that. That's easy. That's it. And yeah. you know, we were just talking before this in the last podcast about like how it's become like overwhelming, right? To to stay on top of social media and like how it can really just affect the way that you feel about yourself and whatnot. But we also shared an optimism for what social media can do, which is like we might not be able to connect in person as often as we would like, but that narrative can still be alive. I can still see you from a distance, double tap, comment, yeah. be like, what's up? Slide in the DMs, right? Like yeah. that relationship can be maintained through social. Yeah. 
Brother, this brings us to the last segment of the podcast, man. This has been a lot of fun. This last segment is going to dial up the intensity a little bit. This yeah. is the rapid fire round where we asked you 10 bespoke questions just for you. Okay, perfect. And the caveat is that you have to answer with the first answer that comes to mind. Okay. So ready for this? Yeah. Okay, Let's question number one, relating back to the little gift for Three Kings that we have over there. Diddy, Jay-Z, Dr. Dre. Who is the more influential hip-hop billionaire? Jay-Z. Ooh, I was not expecting that. That was the last answer I thought I was going to get from you. Why, can we go into a little bit why? Why you think Jay-Z? Um, I thought it was going to be Diddy, Dre, and then Jay-Z. You came out. No, it's it's Jay-Z, then I would say uh, Diddy, and then... Dre last, okay. Dre's last. Um, Jay-Z, I always respect the people that were able to do a 180. Hmm. Right? So Jay-Z came from selling drugs, yep. and he was able to turn that into a positive opportunity for him and he's only been doing that ever since so if anybody asked me who would you rather martin luther king or malcolm x i would say malcolm x mm. just because i know his story and he came from being a piece of shit yeah to being somebody that was one of the most respected people in history did a 180 did a 180 and i did that as a as a kid growing up i used to get into a lot of shit man like Hey, you you think you, about it. I was involved. Your mom said, like you said, your mom. You take her to court every yeah. month, man. Yeah, and she and she got to the point where she's like, "You're on your own now," because oh. I can't I can't deal with the shit anymore. Wow. And you know, there's there's been there's been times where I was living on the streets for two weeks shit, as man. as a kid that was like 15. You know what I mean? So it's like I've been through a whole bunch of shit, and you know, it, it built the person I am today. That's why I'm able to deal with certain things that the average person can't deal with because right. the experiences. I mean, that's uh, wow. I I can't can't relate to those particular circumstances over there, but your story is so much more powerful. Yeah. When you can now see yourself reflected in Jay Z and what yeah. he's done, he's almost like the the gold standard for he is. what the possibilities are if you make one right move after another in succession. Yeah. And and <laughs> as a hip hop kid growing up, Jay Z was never my favorite rapper. It was always Nas. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Until a couple of years ago, I was like, Jay Z is the greatest rapper. Ever. Ever. Blueprint 3 did that for me, right? I was just like, oh. The, the first Blueprint hmm. was the the album when, when him and Kanye started working together. Yeah. That album was the one that was like, I'm a fan now. Incredible. Yeah. Like, Incredible. Kanye saved his career. You know what? Kanye saved Jay-Z's career. Is there a version of Jay-Z's career where he's only working with no ID, where he'd be just as big? You're right. No. No, I can't no. see that. I can't see that happening. No. Kanye saved his career. Turning points. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You've given me some food for thought, man. I got to really now try to think about this. I'm like, would it be possible? No. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I love about Jay-Z is he's he's an empowering force for his wife. Yes. Right? Like, together, at one point when um, Beyonce's father was managing her, yeah, it felt like her career was just plateaued Stagnated, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And then once Jay-Z came into the fold, it's like her... Her, her, everything just expanded. Mm -hmm. Like she just became bigger, and yeah. I feel like having that that support system with you, just pushing you constantly. Like this is how you you should be doing business. Mm -hmm. Because before, prior to that, her dad and her mother was handling all her business. But now you have somebody that's like a billionaire that's built companies, sold them. Yeah, in your corner, telling you this is how you got to do it. Wow. And he comes from the music industry, so it's yeah. like why. You got like the top dog in the hip hop yeah. industry, in the music industry, 
pushing you every day and they're making each other better too right like yeah. now jay-z's become a household name yeah and i think that beyonce has provided him access into spaces where yeah. previously he would you know not be welcome for yeah. instance like it's so refreshing to now see jay-z on like daily talk shows for instance yeah like, oh what's going on over here like i never thought that you'd do this but yeah. now you're reaching a brand new audience that has a newfound respect that's only now seeing you in this newest iteration which is mogul so on and so forth yeah. wow we could do another whole podcast on just question one of the rapid fire, but just for the sake of time, let's jump into number two. This is going to be tough, man. So if you have to give me two or three answers, it's perfectly fine. Okay. Favorite album of all time. Oh, that's easy. Okay. Illmatic. Lovely choice, man. Way yeah, to go. Top to bottom, best album. Consistent, man. Yeah. Timeless. Timeless. Exactly. I was listening to it like a month ago. Classic. Yeah. Number three, what's the best thing about being a father? seeing my kids happy hey just seeing them happy yeah love it what's the last book you read hmm i started reading a book called the rules of wealth i haven't finished Why? it yet um i'll send you the name okay when i get back home um but the last book i could say i actually read top to bottom it's a while man the burnout gamble <laughs> <laughs> um it was probably the the go giver, man. The go giver, yeah. Yeah, it was probably the go giver. And before that book, I read the Four Agreements. There we go. Yeah, it's it's tough to read books, man. I it is the last time I read a book was probably. Um, You're too busy writing. <laughs> no, but you know what? That that's that's still no excuse, right? Yeah. Like I consume a lot of micro content. Yeah, I me read too. A lot of blogs. I'm always on Reddit, so on and so forth. But as far as like sitting down page to page book, uh, it's been it's been a couple of years, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really it's embarrassed. It's a struggle I'm, I'm I'm dealing with right now. And, and one of my friends suggested Audible, yeah, because I'm always on the move mm -hmm. and I'm always editing or whatever. So they're like. Brother, Just listen to it like a podcast. I'll give you one better. Use Blinkist. So that's what I Blinkist. use. Okay. Blinkist summarizes the book into 10 to 15 minutes. So you just get the key takeaways. Nice. The challenge is, though, you have to fill in the blanks with context. So you're going to get like these great nuggets of information. Yeah. But as far as application is concerned, you got to take some time to reflect on that. Okay. But cool. check it out. Blinkist. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. I'm familiar with the name, though. Um, here's what's interesting, right? So this is a question that I've not, not quite cracked the, the code to. So I want to hear your answer to it. Rich or famous, what would you rather be? Rich. Even in 2019, when being famous could make you very rich, you'd choose rich. Yeah, because people get over famous people. Interesting. Yeah, rich people just cheating. remain rich. <laughs> if you know how to invest yeah. your money and keep it growing. But totally. people, like, especially now in the time that we're in is with music, yeah. people come and go. It's like you're just through the ringer and you're, you're famous, especially the guys that blow up overnight. Right. They got like a year, two years maximum. They fizzle out. Like Takashi. Yeah, but but you know, devil's advocate over there. Takashi is famous, and I th I feel like in 2019 and certainly beyond, you can cash in that fame. Like, yeah, fame is the new currency. But you're right. If there's no foundation for success, if there's no fundamentals, yeah, it can just fade into obscurity. Yeah, it's built on weak foundation, right? Yeah. So it's quick. It's like uh -huh. fast food, almost. Like <clears throat> after yeah. a while, you get sick of it. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Uh, man, you're killing this, man. Number six. What does a person truly need to be truly happy? honest with themselves in terms of like clarity and purpose i think you really need to figure out what makes you happy and figure out a way to do that every day but get paid love it what's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to client work <laughs> <laughs> there's lots um 
I think indecisiveness. If they don't know what they want, like they go into it thinking they know what they want because they're trying to emulate the competition. I hate that shit. Yeah. If you come to me, you're coming to me to create something new. Okay. You're not coming to me to create your competition's commercial or recreate it in your vision or whatever. Right, right. Because right. <clears throat> um, usually what I find is they come to me with that stuff and then after, like, oh, uh, could you could you change this? I'm yeah, like, yeah, nah, because yeah. we would have had to shoot that <laughs> for me to be able to change it, right? So it's just that indecisiveness and always trying to emulate the competition. Mm-hmm. That's that's my pet peeve yeah. as, a, as a creator. It's like, do something original. Like do something original and truth, stand right? out. Just the reason why you're trying to copy them is because they did something that stood, stood out, out to yeah. you. Yeah. Right? And now you're just trying to copy it instead of trying to create the same kind of reaction. That's it, man. Right? And it all, to me, another thing is... um. It's not about the sales. It's about the reaction. Yeah. Right? If I could create a video that makes you react, you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna spend time watching it. You're going to buy the product associated yeah. with it. Be engaged. Right? But it's all about the reaction. Think about a commercial. Mm-hmm. What's the commercial that gives you those reactions that make you want to go out and eat food? Yeah. Right? If, if it's food porn, it gives you a reaction. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, shit, I feel like. I feel like getting a burger. Right yeah. <laughs> reaction, right? It's totally. not the sale. The sale hasn't even happened yet. You got to go through the reaction first. It's got to have that emotional resonance. Yeah. Totally, man. Yeah. And speaking of which, if you could only watch three movies for the rest of your life, what would they be? <laughs> that's a weird question, man. Yeah. When would this ever happen? That's, that's like, why I like, the, I like this what? interview because it's like these <laughs> these questions that nobody ever asks. Um, Three movies. Yeah, um, I'm struggling to think about my three, man. Jeez. Um, I love Purple Rain. Yeah, the classic. Prince, I love Purple Rain. I love, jeez. Um, damn, man. I'm a movie buff, so I'm going through thousands. Yeah, you're of overwhelmed movies. by this question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first movie that popped into my head was like Goodfellas. Like that's a movie that just has a lot of replay value. Yeah. But I don't know if, if I had to only choose three though, I'd get yeah. bored of that quick, man. Um, Purple Rain, Malcolm X movie with Malcolm X, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Purple yeah, very Rain, underrated movie, man. Oh, I read the book. Yeah. My mom gave me the book to read. Yeah, it was a book Alex before it was a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, Malcolm X, Purple Rain, Purple Rain, and throw one more in there. Jeez, for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is a weird, man. weird like uh, simulation, man. You're on a desert island. Gladiator, somehow. Gladiator, oh, yes. Russell Crow. You know what? Everyone needs an annual Gladiator rewatch, man. Oh, it's a- anytime movie. it's on the TV, I watch it. Yeah, it's, it's one like of those. Matrix. Like, yeah, if same. I see Matrix, I'm watching it. Yeah, no commercials and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, last two questions, man. What's the one song that gets you hyped in the gym? What makes you go super saiyan in the gym? Ugh. See, you're asking somebody that's like a, a hip hop library, man. You know what? Drop as many songs as you want, then. Um, anything future, man. Yeah. When I go into when I go into gym. It's just future, man. Because mm-hmm. the beats and just the melodies and yeah, it's just he's got an ear, man. He, he did does. this song a while ago, um, Super Trapper. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what they sampled in that? No, the Signs theme. Remember that movie by M Night Shyamalan with the aliens in it? Signs. Oh, oh yes. Now I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. This guy is like listening to some of the most obscure sounds and just string them because a lot of people don't watch those that guy's movies. Yeah, man. He kind of fell off, but he's he's coming back. He's he's having a nice little nice little. Didn't he do a um a Batman movie? Not a Batman movie. Um, he did a superhero movie called uh, Split, and then he followed up with Glass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Split. Yeah. Split and Glass. Yeah. 
Last question, man. This is a this is one that I'm very excited to ask you. When all is said and done, how does Brion Wishart want to be remembered by the people who knew him? Um, well, recently my my, my dad passed away in October. Yeah, and I I want to be remembered like my dad. Like my dad was when people sent in their comments for the obituary and all that stuff, and they spoke and they pulled me aside and they're like, he was just a really good person. He always helped us. He always made us feel welcome. And that's how I want to go out. I want to go out as that guy was a good guy and he was always ready to help people. That's it. You know what? A mentor of mine posted something on LinkedIn the other day. He said that if you want to know if you're living your legacy, do the following thing. Answer what your legacy is and then ask somebody what your legacy is. And if the answers are different, then you have some work to do. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, man, as a friend, as somebody who admires you, if you were to ask me that same question, what is Brion's legacy? I'd say that he was helpful. He was a good guy. Everything you just said right now would echo it right back to you. Nice. So you are you are doing the thing necessary right now to make it such that when all is said and done, well, people will say that exact same thing about you, man. And uh, I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I got lots of work to do. I still got a lot of things that I need to work on in terms of like discipline and don't we all? I'm, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a work in progress, um, and it's okay. It's okay to be a work in progress. As long as you're working towards being a better person or a better creative, better husband, whatever, that's all that matters. Boom. Brion, we did an hour and a half here, yeah. man. We didn't even feel like an hour and a half. It just flew by. Yeah. Where can people follow your adventures online? What are the different places where they can consume your content, stay in touch with what you're doing? Yeah. Let's plug it all. Um, so Brion Wishart, B-R-I-O-N-E, W-I-S-H-A-R-T on Instagram, Facebook, uh, you can, uh, LinkedIn, same name. Um, you can reach out to us at TrepFuel, T-R-E-P-F-U-E-L dot C-O, um, TrepFit.co, mm. and Artly dot agency. That's so it. So A-R-T, <laughs> A-R-T-L-E-E dot agency. That's it. And we have a lot of young professionals, especially students who are on the precipice of graduation in the creative industries, yeah. marketing, communications. I imagine there's going to be a few of them who might consider working with you. What advice would you give them to stand out if they decide to reach out for a collaboration or you know, a potential job maybe? Just show your hunger. Show that you deserve that position. That's, That's it. it. If, if I see that you're really serious and hungry about it, I'll put you in position. I'm cool. looking for that kind of Okay. Right? The 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 resilient, persistent, like, y'all, I can get it done. Like, yeah. I need that guy right now. A young Diddy in yeah. the making, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give give me give me a reason to make you rich, man. <laughs> like, I wanna I wanna go out there and hustle my ass off to make sure that that work is shown to the world and, and through the best brands. And, and let's get paid together. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I'm so fired up right now. This has been absolutely fantastic. Brion, you are a true gem, man. Thank you for doing everything that you're doing. Pleasure to be here, um, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. This is going to be the first of many times. Uh, folks, that was a fire episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, until next week, we're out. Peace.